Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with the 100th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I never thought I'd make it here, but here we are. This may be the last episode. I guess you'll have to wait until next week to find out. Um, so I decided to do something special this episode and give myself an ace and an ace. We get pocket aces in third position with 20,000 chips at 75,150. So I raised to 400, pretty standard raise. And all the opponents fold and we get a walk. No, that's not true. All right. What's going to happen is the big blind, a tight passive player, also with 20,000 chips, is going to call. Flop comes jack 10-4, two diamonds. We have ace of hearts, ace of clubs. This is a spot where you definitely want the continuation bets, especially versus a tight passive caller. These players are very rarely going to be check-raising you, and when they do, you're often in even rough shape with an overpair. Um, you'll generally find that when tight passive players check raise you on the flop, they can have some top pairs. But if they check raise you on the turn or the river, they usually have incredibly strong hands. So keep that in mind. Um, that being said, I do think there's plenty of value in continuation betting. So I'm probably going to bet something like 550 in this spot. I do go 600, which I think is perfectly fine. And the tight passive guy is going to call. Actually, as the board becomes a little bit more high, as the board has more high cards and is a little bit more coordinated, you should be more inclined to bet a little bit larger, and that's just because it's more likely that your opponent has a hand that they perceive to be strong. Turns a seven of diamonds, putting up a three flush. Also, nine eight gets there, so the board's jack ten four seven, and my opponent checks. If my opponent was any other player type besides a tight passive player, I would check behind in this scenario, and we're checking behind because I think if I bet and get called or raise, I really have no clue where I stand. But against a tight passive player, you can be very confident betting with a hand like this because if you get called, you know your opponent has a worse hand because tight passive players, sort of by nature, raise their absolute best hands every single time. And they don't bluff. Sort of a cool benefit of this is we don't really have to worry about getting outplayed by this tight passive player. So the pot is 2,000. And I think roughly a half pot bet is fine. I do bet 1,000 in the spot. And then the tight passive player check raises to 3,000. So like I said, when this guy check raises, he is going to show a flush pretty much every time. And you have to recognize if he is bluffing, it's usually with a very strong semi-bluff, like ace of diamonds, jack of spades for top pair, top kicker, and the nut flush draw. So we're crushed pretty much every time our opponent has a value hand. And if he happens to be semi-bluffing randomly, which, again, tight passive players don't really do. He He's not drawing dead, right? And for that reason, I think we have an incredibly easy fold with the pocket aces. I know this may not seem like a very advanced hand, but you would be shocked, absolutely shocked, at the number of players I see who make this call on a regular basis only to either fold the river or pay off the river, either one. I think both those options are quite poor. And... This is why a lot of amateur players lose at poker. If you plug this leak immediately, you'll become a much better player. Um, in general, you want to be betting in this spot versus players who are not going to bluff you very often. You want their check raising range to be entirely nut hands. So your opponent doesn't necessarily have to be clearly very tight passive, but maybe they're just tight passive on the turn. You'll find that a lot of loose aggressive players pre-flop play very honestly on the turn in the river. So just be aware that uh, pre-flop tendencies don't necessarily indicate post-flop tendencies. And in general, as you get closer to the river, 
people tend to play in a little bit more of a straightforward manner. So in this spot, I am just going to make a trivial fold, and that's going to be that. If you want a lot more information about how to get out of line and exploit your weak opponents, I suggest you check out my two books, Strategies for Beating Small Stakes Poker Tournaments and Strategies for Beating Small Stakes Poker Cash Games. I actually spent some time playing $1, $2, no limit at Borgata in preparation for writing Strategies for Beating Small Stakes Poker Cash Games, and I did very well in the games when I played them. And I wrote the book. I actually have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Jonathan Little, and a lot of the players there made comments that some of my material was not applicable because it was against competent players. Now, I was assuming your opponents play reasonably well. And so I made a point to write about how to play against opponents against opponents who do not necessarily play reasonably well. And those books have been the bestsellers on Amazon and the poker section since they've come out. And it's because the material in there will teach you how to beat the players in those soft games. And this is a very common concept that you must master, the concept of betting for value, where if you do get check-raised, you know you're crushed and you can fold. And if you get check-called, you can generally assume you still have the best hand and can continue value betting, even on pretty much any non-9, 8, or Diamond River in this example. So if you do play small stakes games and want a quick read on how to improve and beat the players in those games, check out Strategies for Beating Small Stakes Poker Tournaments and Strategies for Beating Small Stakes Poker Cash Games. Those are only available on Amazon, but they are reasonably priced. I believe they are both roughly 5 or $6, so check that out. I want to give you my utmost thanks for being here with me through the first 100 episodes of Weekly Poker Hand. I know that some of these hands are a little bit more in-depth than others, and recognize that not all hands will be, I guess, new to you. I hear some players comment about some of the hands like, oh, this was obvious. And you have to realize some things that are obvious to you may not be obvious to others. And some hands that you think are groundbreaking, other players may not think anything about. So it's kind of cool how poker education works because I always have to talk to a general audience. And for that reason, I try to hit various parts of the audience with various hands. So just be aware of that and know that I appreciate you. Um, I I enjoy doing this podcast. I think you all enjoy this podcast. If you like this podcast, by far the most beneficial thing you can do for me is share it with your friends. Just send out a quick tweet every time I post an episode or whenever I post an episode that you enjoy saying that, you know, check out this hand. I thought it was pretty cool. So that's going to be it for this episode. I look forward to the next 100 episodes of Weekly Poker Hand and maybe even more. Thanks for being here with me and good luck in your games.